Welcome, listeners, to the afterthought section of "Well, that fucked me up." With oh, with with Luke, Luke. <laughs> and Kyle. <laughs> you think after twenty-five episodes or so, we'd have got that down? But I quite like the fact that we really don't have a damn clue what we're doing half the time. We've just spoken to Carl, Carl the Copper, because that's what we call police enforcement in the UK. You're a copper. And there was a show called The Bill, <clears throat> called The Bill, which everyone used to watch, which was all about um, the, the London Bobbies. And the, he was in, um, he wasn't in London, but he was on, in the police force in the UK for 11 years until he had that, um, that, that episode where he turned up for a domestic and was shot at, which he thought was a real gun, but turns out to be blanks, but also being attacked and then being attacked by the dog and then the pepper spray and then his partner not being around and general trauma as a result. What do you think, Kyle? You know, know, we ask so much of our warriors, our police officers, our fire, our, our military, and then we give them so little support. Yeah. He was just a nice guy and a normal guy who is... You know, I've been in situations in my, I've put myself in situations where I've had guns pulled, pulled on me and it's terrifying. And I don't care like how tough you are, like that little thing of metal can end your life. Absolutely. And, and I think you were right to bring up the, the huge chasm in difference of gun laws as much as we don't want to dwell on it. But his story is all the more unique because you don't have guns pulled on you in the UK. You just don't, you, you, you know, so, um, just another case of trauma, which lay dormant or fizzled away in someone's nervous system or someone's mental state. And then just hit them, just came and hit them clean in the face. Four years after that incident happened is when it suddenly yeah. came to when it suddenly came to came to say hello, <laughs> you know. And it's funny too, just from my own experience, I, I know that kind of that desensitized dark humor, um, you know, because when I was working in EMS, it was very like, there's no like, it's a coping mechanism to deal with like the darkness of everything. Kyle, what's EMS for our uh, European listeners? Emergency medical services. And that's like a first responder ambulance situation? Yeah. And that's what you used to do? Yeah, my first call out of training was a gunshot in the Colonia section of Oxnard. Yeah, I remember when we first met, that's what you did for a living, and you show up and regale stories of your week and I'd be like, Oh, Kidoki, you that's <laughs> that is very traumatic just listening to the stories of what you went through in in that week each week i think eventually it it took its toll on you did it not yeah i mean when you're staring at that morphine a little bit longer than you probably should i think it's time to reevaluate so yeah that's hilarious by the way so um (laughs) carl's story was you know another story of um being in a job that just changed him into someone he didn't want to be, wouldn't let him be him his true self. He became indoct- 
indoctrinated and then they weren't there. They just weren't there for him when the mental health support was needed, which is, yeah. again, and that's the police force of, you know, of the UK. And again, we are trying to shine a spotlight on mental health and mental illness because, as he said, you walk in with a plaster cast on your leg or your foot and people are like, oh, you're right, mate. You want to sit down? I'll get you a cup of tea and you can do some paperwork. You walk in with post-traumatic stress disorder or depression or anxiety or um, the morning after you tried to kill yourself. No one's going to, no one's, no one's, no one knows. No one can see that. I think because of the work that he's doing and everything, it's kind of mental health is kind of coming up in those different areas where it normally wouldn't be like, you know, returning vets. And, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to talk about it. Yes, I agree. It really is. And it's not, it's not just us that are talking about it. Of course, we're not taking credit for that. We just want more people to talk about it, but more, more so, I think we just want it to be less stigmatized. And we both talk about the whole time about how much better we feel now that we can just come out and say how we're feeling in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, or I'm stressed or I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm lonely or I'm frustrated instead of I'm okay when you're not okay. Yeah. Can you imagine if most people were just like, if you say, hey, how's it going? And they actually told you the truth? Yes. Well, you know, there's a time and a place. I, I think I had a couple of friends like that. And I and but back in England, I was I even remember saying, well, you know, it's, when you say how are you doing, it's kind of, kind of a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in England, you're just like, great, you? You're like, great. But of course, you're right, Kyle. It's um, if you're asking someone how they are, you should be ready for, for their response. I think that's a really fair, that's a really fair yeah. thing to say. Um, and on that note, we shall leave for another week. Um, yeah. Whatever we're in store for next week. It's so much fun. 